Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good afternoon. Welcome to prayer school. I'm Pastor Bruce, both my wife Marianne and myself. Pastor here in Berthe, Colorado. It's good to have you tuned in. We're uh, a little late today by probably two hours and 15 minutes. We try and be on at 1030. So I'm sorry for not being on schedule today. I had to pick up a very important person from the airport today. The Italian princess is back in Colorado. She spent 10 days with her sister there in New York. And so she's back and I'm gonna have some Italian dry sausage to eat because she brought some home with her. So we'll have some good food here this evening and maybe we'll snack on it when I get home this afternoon. Hey, let's get our Bibles out. We're gonna get back into our subject matter. We've been talking about the prayer of salvation and I never imagined that you and I would still be working on this, but it's so important. Uh, Our salvation is, it represents our entire eternity. And it's the most important uh, possession that we could ever receive from the Lord. That makes praying that prayer, that gives God permission to come into our life, that makes that prayer the most important prayer that any individual can pray. Even though it's so simplistic, it's it's an amazing thing. I, I shared this either last week or the week before, that I... I didn't know anything about the things of God. I didn't know anything about the kingdom of God. I just knew one thing, and that was that Jesus loved me, and that love was expressed in him dying for me. And I, I came to realize that that was to, to bear my sin and to take my place. And I, I prayed a prayer for the Jesus to come into my heart. It was not based on a bunch of scriptures and a lot of study. It was the cry of my heart. It was my voice crying out for him when I finally got to that place where I was fully persuaded that Jesus Christ was not a mere person, a mere man. He was God in the flesh. And what he did on the earth was for me. And when that revelation came, automatically I cried out to him. And I prayed a, you know, a real simple prayer along the lines that I believed in him and asked him to come into my life. That was basically it. It could have been 10 seconds. I don't remember. But it just came from my heart. You see, it didn't come up here. It didn't come out of my intellect. It didn't come out of being pressured by a great need I had. It was the cry of my spirit. And that's when faith is faith. And that's when faith creates And I just blurted it out, the the most simplistic prayer that I ever prayed, and hallelujah, I encountered God, had an encounter with him. I, I had come to this realization that after praying that simple prayer, that everything had changed. 
I don't know how I knew that. I had no real outward evidence of it, but something happened in here. Praise the Lord. And so we've been talking about this prayer of salvation. I want us to have an assurance in our salvation. There's too many people that, that really wonder, especially when they get to an age or they go through certain situations where they sense that they're near eternity or leaving this earth, and they wonder, did I do enough to go to heaven? And truth be told, it has nothing to do with what we did in terms of trying to earn and to deserve our salvation. It's all based on what Jesus did. Glory to God. And so uh, let's get into this. I'm just uh, kind of exhorting us here. Let's jump in. Let's believe God. I want light today. And I've been getting light every time that you and I have sat down, opened the book, opened our ears to him, and gave attention to what he was saying. And that's when light comes. Glory to God. That's when we go from a place of glory, which is a a measure of his light to a next step of glory which is a higher amount of his light man it gets gooder and gooder hallelujah so father thank you for the privilege this opportunity that each one of us has to to break bread with you to open the word of god the bread of life and allow the holy spirit to take the words of this book and cause our inner man to be developed, to be enlightened, to, to be fed. And I thank you that because of that, we'll live more of our life from the inside out. Thank you for revelation knowledge. Thank you for strength and encouragement. We have it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here we are praying the prayer of salvation. This is our 12th edition, so to speak, our 12th uh, episode here. And it's a D-U-H, it's a duh. We, we realize that we have to believe in Jesus to be saved. I mean, John 3.16, boom, nailed it, right? Whosoever believeth, believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But believing in a biblical sense is more than just saying, well, yeah, I believe that. It's more than that. That's a part of it. But that's not all of it. To believe in Jesus actually has two parts. And we've already covered the first part. The first part of believing in Jesus to acknowledge as true as to who he is and what he did. And so we're, we're required to believe about Jesus or to acknowledge as it being true that Jesus was raised from the dead. Yes, he died and he was buried and he went in to that place of separation from God in hell for you and I. Also, we have to acknowledge and true and believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. There's, there's religions, present-day religions, that, that from the outside look very successful, meaning that they're growing and, and they're building more and more uh, churches or what they call temples. And they even have... The, the, the name Jesus Christ in the title of their denomination but they don't believe that Jesus was God in the flesh no they just believe that he's one of the prophets that some of the people of their organization are, are just as precious and valuable as Jesus is well uh, that's not the case Jesus is God in the flesh and you've got to believe that if he's not God then he didn't have the power 
to pay the price for our sin and to resurrect that part of us that caused us to be separated from God. Boom. There's no other re religion that has that individual that's encompassed in what they teach and what they believe and what they follow. Christianity, and when I say Christianity, I'm talking about people who are following Jesus from the Word of God. Hallelujah. We believe and acknowledge is true that Jesus is God in the flesh, and we believe that he did die and was buried spiritually and physically as well, and he conquered that which held him in hell. He conquered spiritual death. He conquered physical death. He threw back uh, principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. He triumphed over them in their backyard. And then he snatched what Satan had snatched from Adam, the keys of, of uh, life and death, the keys of hell and the grave, and he took that authority away from the devil and then came and paid our price and then he commissioned us and then gave us the keys to the kingdom of God. That's why whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven because we got keys, keys of authority that Jesus snatched back from the devil and then gave it to you and I. Praise God. And so we believe that. But we did talk about how even though an individual believes these things about Jesus, believing that alone does not create salvation in the life of that person. Let me say that again. And this is where I was for 24 years. Because I acknowledged as true that the Bible was the word of God. I acknowledged as true that there's a heaven and a hell. I acknowledge it's true that Jesus was the Son of God and he died on the cross for me, but believing that alone did not impart the life I needed to be saved. Amen. We have to act on what we believe. So you see, believing alone is to acknowledge is true. That's the first step. And when that becomes a reality to you, then you are compelled to act on that belief and then receive Jesus into your life. You see, God needs permission for everything that he is willing to do for us in our life. Too many people are taught that God just randomly does whatever he wants. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Why would he bother to ask us to pray if he's just doing whatever he wants to do in the life of an individual? That makes no sense at all. In fact, Jesus himself says, I want you to pray. And ask God that his will that's being done in heaven would be done down here on earth. Why would Jesus be so foolish to tell us to do that if God was already doing it? He wouldn't. And that's why we have to give God permission in our life. We have to give him permission to come in and invade and consume and to be a part of our spirit by the Holy Spirit and resurrected. We have to act on what we believe. And that's where we're at in our teaching right now. Now, we use the example to contrast what it means to act on what you believe. And do you mind? I, I'm so used to having background music, and I, I decided to put on something different today. And guess what? It decided that uh, it was going to stop playing. So... <laughs> 
Is it okay if I uh, just pause that and, and release it to come back on? We'll see what happens. Uh, glory. Amen. Here we go. We're working it. Ah, there we go. See, now it's more spiritual. It's more churchy now. Here we go. So we use an example to, to show us what it means to act on what you believe. And, and here we go. Uh, let me ask a very simple question of you and of myself. Do you, do I believe that eating food will prevent you and myself from starving to death? So answer that question in your mind. Don't blurt it out. I don't want to give the answer away to other people that are thinking about it. But if you and I eat food, how many of you know that we're not going to starve from death? That's a scientific uh, reality to you and I. We experience it every day. Absolutely. We believe when we eat food, it keeps us from starving to death. However, even though we acknowledge that as true and factual and that we've embraced it and we believe it, if we don't practice eating food, if we don't act on that which we believe, we will starve to death, even though we believe if we eat food, we'll, we'll not starve, but we're not acting on what we believe, so we're not eating. What will happen eventually? We're going to perish by starvation. Understand that the eating of the food is the second part of believing. I believe if I eat food, it'll bring the nutrition to my body, and so I act on that belief and eat food, therefore nutrition is brought to my body, and then my actions actually brings to pass, or scripturally speaking, it creates what you believe. Now I want you to understand that what you and I believe or acknowledge is true is likened unto a seed. And within a seed, it has all the power within itself. It's, it's fully capable of creating itself, reproducing itself. It's a seed. But until that seed is germinated and, it, and thus begins empowered to grow, it will not recreate itself. It, the creative power that's in that seed won't be released. And that's what's happening when we act on what we believe. We start practicing what we believe is true. That creates, or excuse me, that releases God's creativity in what we believe. Because what we believe is based on the Word of God. Amen. I can't just randomly go out and believe whatever and then think that I can create that belief. No, I'm talking strictly about believing what the Bible says about Jesus. Amen? That he is God in flesh, that he has been resurrected from the dead. When that becomes real to me, and then I act on that belief, that's when that seed of salvation is created and manifested in my life. So, no individual in the world can receive the salvation that God provides by simply and by only believing in Jesus. They've got to take the next step. They've got to create what they believe. And another way to understand this 
is that this this experience this reality of salvation is procured or received or created through and by faith and when I use this word faith let me put that in contents context <laughs> something like that it's God's faith and when we begin to understand how God's faith works I'm not talking about the the, the what people call in the world as faith a lot of times it's just a dream it's just a, a goal maybe it's it's a hope no I'm talking about a promise that God has given us in the Word of God that through faith we can create that promise in our life as a reality salvation is such a seed because Jesus has provided salvation for us that salvation uh, is all through this book in terms of seeds that we can believe and then when we walk in the light of that seed it creates salvation in our life so we receive salvation through this mechanism I, I, that sounds weird through through this substance that God has given us his faith we can with the faith that he's given us have faith created in our personal life go on over to Ephesians chapter 2 and go over to verse 8 and here's this G word that's been thrown around for 20 years to the point where nobody knows what it means it says for by grace are you saved through faith understand that grace is exactly this it's God's willingness it's God's willingness to give you and I what we don't deserve and what we haven't earned. Whew. Glory to God. You know, that's why I'm in this camp. Hallelujah. That's why I'm in Christianity. This is why I'm following Jesus. Because I brought nothing to the table. And I still don't bring anything to the table. Amen? I'm living by his grace, his unmerited, unearned favor and goodness and blessing that I haven't deserved. Glory to God. Now understand, this is where sometimes people lose track, grace is something God gives. But without us receiving his grace by this vehicle of faith, we'll never have it. Let, let me say that again. Not Nate. See, this is where we need to just pause for a second and you and I need to grab a hold of this. Because I can go down the road listening to Christian radio and they sing these songs talking about how God's grace is doing all these things in our life and that we're not doing anything to receive his grace. He's just doing it freely and on his own. That is not Bible. That is not how the kingdom of God works. That which a man soweth, that shall he reap. Remember, there's always a giver who is God, and there's always a receiver of his goodness, which is you and I. Amen. If there's no receiver, there's no grace to receive through faith. Amen. So everything that God gives to us freely, including salvation, is dependent upon you and I to receive it. If grace just worked as God willed, then there'd be no need to go preach the gospel. 
There'd be no need to pray. There'd be no need to follow Jesus because he's just going to do everything on, on his own. And we know that that's not true. Amen? It didn't take me to go, uh, going very far to figure that out. Amen? There's always, a, there's always a giver, and there's always the one that gives permission to that one to give to us. Hallelujah. Salvation is no different. So it says that by grace are you saved through faith. Now, let me say this in a different, just a different slant. For, for by grace are you saved by acting on what you believe. Amen? For by grace are you saved by acting on what you believe about Jesus. You see, this is the action word. When we're using faith through our behavior, faith by having what we believe in our heart released through by what we do, that's an act of faith, and that's what germinates that seed to recreate itself. You see, salvation is actually a, a, a creation of God. We're not, I know we, we were taught all our lives that salvation was forgiveness. Technically, that's not what salvation is at all. Because if, if salvation was forgiveness, then why couldn't I just say I was sorry for everything that I did bad so I could be saved? You couldn't be. No, salvation is actually the recreation of the human spirit. And it requires God's resurrection power to pull that off. There's nothing here on the earth that can recreate a human spirit. That's why God sent Jesus from heaven with his resurrection power to come to the earth so that it would be made available to mankind. Hallelujah. So the faith that God has given us has the ability to receive his blessings, including salvation. Faith activates or releases God's creative power in us. So when I be, that day, May 4th, 1977, somewhere around 10 o'clock at night, about six miles from here, up at Carter Lake at about 6,000 feet above sea level, I stepped foot outside of a person's home who had questioned me about Jesus and whether it's in my life, and I lied to him and said, no way, Jose, you know, I'm going to heaven. Don't worry about me. You don't have to preach to me. I'm a good Lutheran boy, you know. I, had, I went through catechism. I was sprinkled and hosed down as a baby. I'm, I'm on my way. I believe in Jesus. And I stepped outside of his door. Now, 10 o'clock in May, it's pretty dark in Colorado, and this was a time where there was not a moon. And I was living in an area that was, let's call it remote. There were no street lights. And for that matter, the, there weren't that many houses up there at that time. We're talking 1977, okay? And so when I stepped out of his, his house and I looked up at the sky, 
the stars were so close it seemed like you could touch them. Oh, man, it was beautiful. I mean, God's glory was just emanating from what I was looking at. And all of a sudden inside of me, I heard this. You just lied to that man. Here he is, a good man, concerned about you, telling you about Jesus. He, he just fixed you a good meal. He just filled your belly. He's been nothing but kind to you. And you just flat out lied to him. You've never received Jesus. And man, all of a sudden, I, this realization, well, you're right, I, did, I haven't. And then that revelation that Jesus was God in the flesh who came and died for me. And it just became real to me. It was no longer information that was just stored up here in my head. Something about Jesus and believing him just became real in my inner man, in my spirit. And when that truth is real to you, there's this urgency to act on that. And so I just blurted out, <laughs> unrehearsed, unplanned. Jesus, I believe in you. As I was looking up at the stars. I can't remember if I raised my hands or, or what I did, but I do remember looking up into heaven and saying, come into my life. I've made such a mess of my life. Help me. And it seemed like it was just an instant. In, in, a, in, a, in, one of the, in, in a moment, I sensed an exchange. Now, you understand that I had a sense or a knowing. I'm not talking about some kind of a, an outward experience. This was all taking place in the unseen, unfeeling realm, in the realm of the Spirit. I didn't know what it was at that time, but now I know that the weight of sin lifted off of me. I didn't know that then. I just sensed an exchange, that something heavy came off of me, and then I felt a peace come inside of me. Oh, man. I think at that time, I can't say for sure, I'll have to look at the recording of that moment when I get to heaven to see exactly what was going on on the outside and what was going on the inside of me. But I could have raised my hands to heaven. And I just remember a, a rejoicing inside of me. There came a reality that, that, that Jesus had come and made his home inside of me. And that I was eternally secure. I just, that's how the peace was, was emanating in me. It was just remarkable and so that faith that God gave me when I acted on what I believe I just simply said from my heart what Jesus was to me and asked him to, to come into my life that was me acting on the belief of who Jesus was and what he did and then gave him permission. I actually opened the door of my heart. You know, isn't that what Jesus says in Revelation? Behold, I come to the door and knock. You know, let me in. Notice it doesn't say that Jesus just kicks the door down and comes in. No, he has to have permission. He's a gentleman. He's knocking. 
In all those other times for 24 years that people would come to me and talk to me about Jesus, that was Jesus knocking on my heart. Let me in. Hello. I'm here. I got eternal life for you. I got good things for you. Until I said yes to him. The acting on my faith. The doing what I believed in my heart. Giving expression to what I believe from my heart to him through actions. That's when life came to me. Faith, acting on what you and I believe, activates the creative power of God. The Bible tells us exactly what to do outwardly to release what we believe and create it in our life. I want you to go to Romans chapter 10. And we're, we're just about done, okay? I know we've been about 30 minutes. Let me wrap this up. I want you to see a scripture of what I experienced and what you have experienced. I believe the majority of everyone looking at this broadcast has received Jesus as your Savior. Remember, what we're doing is we're, we're building our assurance in our salvation, but we're also giving us tools. Tools to share the good news to someone else so they can get to that place of being fully persuaded in what they believe about Jesus to the point where they are compelled to act on it. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10, look here at verse 9. Now, you know, uh, I listened to Keith Moore quite a bit. Uh, I, I believe that God has set him in the body of Christ to not only feed us, but also to help uh, we ministers. Uh, his teaching is just unsurpassed, at least in the people that I know who are out there preaching the gospel. And he, he makes a comment about this word, if. I'm reading from the King James. And in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you shall. Well, why would God put an if in a scripture if he was in control of everything and making decisions for, for you and I. No, this word is put in there that, that what God is able to give us is contingent upon you and I allowing him to. <laughs> wow. You know, when you start embracing a certain truth, you start seeing that truth all the way through the Bible. I, I never saw the word if in Scripture before. And then after he taught on it, I'm going, yeah, I get that. And uh, so understand that being saved is now contingent on whether a person does what we're asked to do, according to Romans 10.9. He says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in, the, in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Now, the King James is very consistent that it puts things in reverse orders. Uh, I think it has to do with the translation from the Greek and the Arama Aramaic. Uh, when it gets translated, we put it in the reverse order. Understand that the believing in your heart is the first thing. So let's read this scripture in, in the proper order. It says, If you believe in your heart 
that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Remember, acknowledging as true is the first part of believing. And so you and I, this, this belief that God has raised Jesus from the dead has to become a reality to us. See, this isn't some mathematical equation. Well, first I do this. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And then I come over here and I do this. And, and that will equal this happening. That's not what I'm saying at all. Things of God, when we teach them, they look like a formula. But actually it's a process that happens in our heart. It, it's... It's conception, it's, it's, and, and it's birthed. It, there, there, it's, it's a process. And so when we teach it, it comes out very cold and, and very um, intellectual and, like I said, mathematical, a, you know, one plus one equals two kind of a thing. And, yeah, that's how we teach it, but really it's, it's, it's a process in the spirit. So this believing in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you have to take the time to get that to come to pass. See, people think that they read a verse and they go, well, I got it. Well, yeah, you got it, but it's up here. <laughs> Remember, I had it this up here for 24 years. I had a knowledge that God had raised Jesus from the dead. But it was doing me no good because it wasn't in my heart. And so there is a process of us taking information that we have accepted, uh, that we've heard and we know and we know where it's found up here, but its reality has to come down into our heart. It has to become real to us spiritually. It has to become an actual belief not an actual intellectual acknowledgement. It has to be transformed from mental to spiritual, something that you believe with your heart. Uh, Romans talks about being fully persuaded in a truth that that which God has promised, he's also able to perform and bring it to pass in our life. And that's what happened that night on May 4th. It through a series of events, head knowledge dropped down into my spirit and became a reality in my inner man to the degree that I had to respond to it. I had to do something about it. Amen? And so when you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be compelled then to confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, or Jesus be my Lord, or Jesus come into my heart. Amen? And that is when the creativity of that word that you believe creates salvation in your spirit because it says that if you believe in your heart that God has raised it from the dead and shall confess with your mouth that Jesus if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus it says that you will be saved thou shalt be saved notice 
you are fully persuaded and believe that Jesus is who he said he was and did what the Bible said he did, and then you're compelled to call upon him, confess him as your Lord, give him place to come into your life, then you acting on that belief creates salvation. And we see this in the next verse. But did you see the two parts of believing in verse 9? Believe in thine heart, acknowledge is true, then confess with your mouth, act on what you believe. Every blessing that God has given us through Jesus Christ is received the same way. Your salvation is received that way. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is received that way. Having an overwhelming peace in the midst of, of you know, unwanted circumstances. Having wisdom, instruction, guidance in what to do. Having protection. Receiving healing for your body. Believing God that, that a financial bill would, would be paid. It all happens the same way. Believing in your heart, acknowledging as true what he said here, and then acting on that belief, right? Being compelled to then act on that belief. And many times that's simply by saying what you believe. I heard this expression, faith's confession, saying what the word says about you creates reality, creates the will of God in our lives. <clears throat> That's great. I'm about to do a Holy Ghost dance. Glory to God. So we see those two parts there. Now look at Romans 10 to look at it again. This now being in the right order in verse 10. It says, for with my heart I believe. Amen? And I'm believing under right standing with God and with my mouth, what I say that I believe. See, what we believe needs expression. It needs a release. More times than not, it'll be released by what we say. Saying what we believe. But there's other means as well and we just may look at a couple of those next time. But get this. For with my heart, I believe in Jesus. And with my mouth, I confess him as my Lord. And my confession, what I say about Jesus, is made or creates my salvation. Hallelujah. And it works for every person, every time. Because this, this gift of salvation has already been given to us through God's grace. It's already available to us. But we have to believe it with our heart. And then we have to act on what we believe to create that reality in our life. Amen. Well, I'm glad that you were here today. We got in our uh, allotted time. We're right there at the finish line. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. It, it does mean a lot to us that you're watching, that you're hungry. You know, there, there, there aren't a lot of hungry people out there, so it seems. 
but you know you're one of them. And that means that you have your ear to the ground, so to speak, and you're becoming aware of what's going on in Christendom and what God is doing and what God will escalate in these very last days that you and I live in. Glory to God, we're all a part of the last day church. And so God's coming back for us, the glorious church. I'm glad that you're on board. I'm glad that you're moving forward. I'm glad that you're still growing in the things of God and you're enjoying the blessings of God. So I declare in Jesus' name, you are blessed. Now go somewhere and be a blessing to someone else. Appreciate you. God bless.